0: This is 1988 Tops, where every card has a story to tell. Your hosts are David McKellis and Matt Kuzma. Let's play ball. Welcome back to 1988
1: Tops. David, what's our card for this week? Matt, this week we have two cards.
0: Firing off the klaxon right now double card episode and matt
1: you asked me for an oriole i think that we had not done a baltimore oriole and you asked me to pick and pick a baltimore oriole and i went through this 1988 yep. tops orioles team there's there were just a lot of names out there that i did not know and beyond cal ripken eddie murray the two hall of famers on this team not a lot else
0: Okay. So but are we going to do Cal Ripken then? Sort
1: of. We're going to do Cal Ripken <laughs> Sr. and Billy Ripken.
0: Ah, oh, right. A double Ripken episode that doesn't include Cal Ripken Jr. That's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds perfect. That sounds... Yeah.
1: The, you know, we're going to save Cal for 2032.
0: <laughs> so Billy Ripken is card 352. And Cal Ripken Sr. is number 444. As remember in the top series, the managers all have cards. And uh, so let me pull up uh, Billy Ripken here on the Jumbotron. I'm looking here at, at a young Billy Ripken. And this Orioles hat is, which you're also wearing right now, this Orioles hat is one of the best hats in baseball.
1: I agree, Matt. It has the goofy-looking bird on it, also wearing a hat. So it's a hat within a hat. Like the Russian nesting dolls of hats. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> black and orange bird. I'm not an ornithologist, but I do not believe that a Baltimore Oriole has an orange beak. I don't mm. think. In the pictures that I've seen, I, I, I think that they have orange on the bird, but not an orange beak. I learned that the Baltimore Oriole's mascot was hatched from an egg at Memorial Stadium in the 70s. Wow. So maybe we can find a video for that. That is my understanding of how birds, of how birds are born. It is canonical in 1988 Topps podcast lore that birds also have milk. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> True.
1: Who knows? I don't know the science of baseball birds. Not a scientist, not an ornithologist. But this bird is the best. It has an orange brim, white field with the mascot logo and the black back of the hat. One of my favorite hats, the 1980s Orioles. On this card, Cal Sr. looks pretty old. Yeah. He's doffing his cap to to the stands. He was 52. And something that was interesting that I learned was that he joined the Orioles organization in 1957. Okay, wow. And and that the Orioles organization had only been in Baltimore for a couple years when he joined. Hmm. So he he was there for at this point in 1988, he was there for almost the entirety of the Orioles existence in Baltimore. And, and from 1963 until 1985, they only had one losing season which I bring up mostly to, to get us to our cards here and where the Orioles were in 1987 and 1988. This moment in time of a once strong and proud franchise going through a rough time.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: A great hat, but going through a, a pretty rough time <laughs> in the 80s.
0: Gotcha. Well, maybe the way to structure this then would be, let's look at these cards in the 1987 season for Billy Ripken and for Cal Sr. But we also, really, the elephant in the room when it comes to Billy Ripken is the infamous Billy Ripken error card, which anyone, I imagine anyone who's a true 1988 Tops fan is going to know what I'm talking about, is going to know the phrase I'm talking about, is going to know the two-word phrase I'm talking about written on the end of a baseball bat, and we're going to get to that Extremely hot topic shortly. So <laughs> yeah. stay tuned.
1: I, I have found other podcasts that are entirely devoted to just that baseball just card. This card. Base, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, we're not going to do as deep a dive maybe as some of those that are specifically dedicated to it. Save that for our 1989 Fleer <laughs> podcast that we'll start up in. No, but we'll 2040 s- yes exactly <laughs> <laughs> but, but yes you know billy ripken better known for an ill-fated baseball card and being cal ripken's brother than really for much of his play on the field
0: okay excellent so we've looked at the front of both cards now let's go to the back of cal senior's card first since he was the manager on the team, let's give him his proper respect. Manager Cal Ripken Sr. Surprisingly, David, they, they list the height and weight of the manager, which I feel like in baseball could get very dangerous. I really want to know. They list him as 5'11", uh, 170 pounds, which from the picture seems to, I think, checks out. You know, he's pretty re- normal, normal to, you know, light athletic build. And then it has a checklist of all of the cards from his team in the set. And they're listed alphabetically and also have their card number there. But there is one particular feature on this card, David, that makes this card extra special. And that is, if you'll notice, this was an uncorrected error that makes this manager card one of the most valuable cards currently in the 1988 Topps set and that is the fact that the copyright of 1988 Topps Chewing Gum Incorporated printed in America is printed twice on this card once on the bottom and once on the right side of the card an incredible error uh, I mean undoubtedly caused mass layoffs within the Topps Corporation and but even still it made this card so valuable because of the error it's currently 75 cents on the Beckett marketplace. That's well, I'm <laughs> instead gonna, of 50 uh, cents
1: or five cents <laughs> of these cards. But I really shouldn't be holding this card. I'm, I'm sitting at a gold mine knowing that this one is worth 75 cents. That is, that's important. And, and I think the back of this, this team checklist also shows the difficulty in finding an interesting topic for today's <laughs> podcast. But yeah, I don't know the,
0: any of these names. I, I know like, three of the names on this car.
1: Yeah. Floyd Rayford is a little bit interesting. He was an African-American catcher, which there are not many African-American catchers remaining in baseball. And Freddie Lynn, of course, Red Sox great late in his career. Cal Ripken Sr. is interesting because he is a guy that I remember. And because I remember him, I imply that he is important. Mm. He was a minor league catcher for the Orioles system. And as I said, he joined the Orioles system in 1957, and he was there until 1992. So spent 36 years both as a player, later as a minor league manager, managed all throughout the United States. So his, I think part of that explains the quality of baseball education that his kids got playing all over with their dad. After the 1986 season, he was moved from third base coach and hired on full-time as a manager in 1987. The Orioles were in a, let's say, rebuilding stage after winning the World Series in 1983 and having a couple mediocre seasons. Cal Sr. brought in to be the, the manager. One of his sons, Cal Ripken Jr., you know, all-time great Cal Ripken Jr., was already on the team and already an established superstar, already had won an MVP award and a World Series And so he's coaching one of his sons. This 1987 Orioles team was really bad. They were really bad at pitching, pretty bad at hitting as well. And right around the all-star break, they call up Billy Ripken. Cal Ripken Sr. becomes the only manager in baseball history to coach two sons on the same team at the same time. And you have Billy Ripken playing second base, his brother Cal playing shortstop. So forming a double-play partnership that was relatively successful. So this is Billy Ripken's rookie card. Going to the back of this card, you see that Billy played his way through the minor leagues, played decently in 1987 at Rochester, hitting 286, and then was called up to the Orioles for the last 58 games of the season, hitting 308. So a decent start to his professional career, 23 years old when he was called up. And the fun fact
0: speaks to what you've already mentioned, which is baseball history was made July 11th, 1987, when Billy joined his brother Cal with the Orioles. It marked the first time a big league manager, Cal Sr., had two sons in the lineup. So there we go. This is the magic has finally come together in 1987. Ripken, Ripken, and Ripken.
1: Yes. And suitably for this Orioles team, they lost that game. (laughs) <laughs> However, they went on to win 11 in a row after that first loss. So they went on a pretty good run. But speaking to just how bad this team was, they won 11 games in a row, and that only got them to eight games under 500. They finished 67 and 95, which was second to last. You know, you're better than the Indians. That's a, that's a low bar. And Billy had a decent first season, playing in 58 games, hitting 308. Not a lot of power. Not a lot of speed, but just kind of a fundamental baseball player. 1988 was a, a bit of a rough one for the Ripken family and for the Orioles as well. They opened the season on a six-game losing streak, and Cal Ripken Sr. was fired as manager. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so this 1988 Tops card had just come out, and Cal was already fired.
0: Already fired.
1: <laughs> Hot off the presses. This was the fastest managerial firing in baseball history. When I was looking through the news articles from around that time, I found something that might add a little bit more to the story. So that sixth loss happened on April 11th, 1988. On April 12th, 1988, Cal Ripken Sr. pled guilty to a DWI, Mm -hmm. uh, driving while intoxicated. He had been pulled over in February and, and pled guilty The day after that sixth loss, I don't know if it's connected. The general manager at the time said that this arrest would, you know, is a personal matter and that the club wouldn't punish him. So he leaves the court after pleading guilty to a DWI on April 12th, goes to Memorial Stadium and was fired. Hmm. So even though they said that the two were not connected and that he wouldn't be punished, the... Slow start to the season, the bad 1987 season, combined with this guilty plea, maybe led to his firing. They hired Frank Robinson, who went on to lose 15 more straight games. So the the team lost 21 in a row, which is an American League record. And on the day that the Orioles ended that losing streak, Billy was hit in the head while squaring to bunt and had to be stretchered off the field unconscious. And the rest of the season was not much better. In wins above replacement, he was the worst player on the Orioles. He hit 207 in 1988, had a 260 on base percentage, and slugged 258. The lowest AL slugging percentage for a player who played 150 or more games was George McBride in 1914, and his slugging percentage was 243. So Billy's 258 was not much better than that worst ever number this 88 orioles team finished in last place with a record of just 54 and 107
0: Oof. david let's go into 1989 because cal senior is back as a third base coach billy's still on the team cal junior's on the team and things get somewhat better but this entire season is overshadowed by the card <laughs> by correct the fl- by the fleer card, by 1989 fleer 616, and the two-word phrase written on the bottom of Billy Ripken's bat: The F
1: word for fornicate face card.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Or so, other,
1: otherwise known as Rick face.
0: Rick face. Rick, Rick very face. Rick
1: face. Rick face. Matt, there is, a, there is an excellent website, billripken.com, that is dedicated to this 1989 Fleer, Billy Ripken card. I remember being nine years old and learning that there was a curse word on a card. Yep. It was spoken about like it was a mythical thing. Yes. And we didn't even know what it said. We knew that the F word was involved. This became a legendary thing.
0: Yeah. Same here. I will admit, I think only today, in recording this episode and doing the research for today's episode have i actually seen this card in its unedited glory we're going to pull up uh, on the jumbotron here and you can also see it at BillRipkin.com. Uh, yes and we'll
1: include you know, a link to this gif that has all of the versions of the card that flips yeah. through all of the different changing versions i also did not realize how many different versions there were I think there's 12-plus versions of this card.
0: Billy has got a nice smile. He's got the bat in in view. Uh, he's facing the camera, so he can kind of flex his muscles, too. So it's, it's, it's a nice, nice look. But then in holding the bat, the butt of the bat is visible. And on the unedited version, the two words, Rick Face... Again, we're, we're using this euphemism so that our podcast can re- maintain its clean rating. But that's the unedited version. The version that I had always seen was the blacked out with a black rectangle. But it looks like there are several different times where it was scribbled over with marker. The marker was airbrushed so that it was white. There was the actual just letters. Uh, there
1: was, was right actually white out as well. White and- out. All these so many versions, different I've versions. never seen of this.
0: any of them except for the the rectangle.
1: Yes. At, what I learned in looking into this as well is that the, the blacked out version with that black box was the one that was printed for inclusion in the full complete set boxes. The other versions seemed like they were kind of made ad hoc. Like at whatever printing press they were at, they were like, figure out a way to fix that. And some of them are more valuable than others, probably because of their limited supply that existed. There's an image I found of just a string of newspaper ads selling these cards. Some of them saying $200, multiple hundreds of dollars for this card. And at the time, Billy was asked about it and said, you know, somebody must have pranked me." And blamed his teammates and said, this, this is a prank. No idea what happened here. Later iterations of that story from Billy, he admitted that he wrote that on his bat. And <laughs> he said he did it so that he would know his batting practice bat. And he kind of implies that somebody at Fleer must have noticed and maybe used this as a marketing tool. Like, we made this, we made this terrible mistake, but it maybe then drove demand for their cards.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at it here. We definitely would like listeners' uh, feedback on what you think. I'm looking at this, and this this to me looks like it's intentional. I think it's got to be intentional by Ripken because the marker is thick and dark, and it is right side up on the bat. So you really think that he knew exactly what he was doing, As a way to just play a prank and see if something interesting would happen. That's that's my uh, that's my best guess, because there's no way like someone else wrote that on the bat and he just happened to hold it in this pose. So that'd be my main one. Secondary would be someone at Fleer decided to do it. But why would they do this to Billy Ripken? Because like I don't there's something behind the story. We don't know But why they would choose him and choose this pose as something to insert profanity. What I think that I'm most intrigued by by this card and the response to it is just like the puritanical view of America that, oh, my gosh, a curse word might have gotten into the general society and that it's extremely valuable because, oh, my lands that, you know, when if you had actually hung out in the dugout of any of these major league teams for more than for more than 30 seconds, you would have heard. Much worse language than than you're seeing on this bat.
1: <laughs> yes. And that I think is an excuse that Billy used that maybe people didn't buy was like, you're in a major league dugout. Words are said, which is why it kind of does make me think that he did this as a joke and maybe thought like, well, somebody's definitely going to catch that. He did say later that Fleer sent him a bunch of the cards and he autographed them and gave them as gifts to his groomsmen.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's a very good groomsmen gift. That's a that's I, I gave I gave my groomsmen like toiletry bags or something lame <laughs> like that. But I mean, I didn't know any better. So I think that uh, an autographed Billy Ripken F face card would be much better. You know, I've, I've
1: bought some things that I found while, ser- while doing research for this podcast. There is one thing that I, an image that I found that I would probably buy if given the opportunity, which is a full sheet of these Billy Ripken cards. <laughs> I would buy that uh, oh, my and word. frame it and put it on my wall. I wish that either of the cards that we're talking about today were as interesting as the Billy Ripken 1989 Fleer. Unfortunately, they're pretty run-of-the-mill.
0: They're not. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the kind of legacy of this 1989 FLIR card is that we thought that this was an investment. And this was a, like, if a card is $200 in 1989, what's that going to be 20 years from now? Mm. 30 years from now. now. Now we're 30 years later. You can get these for anywhere from a couple bucks to 20 or 40 bucks depending on the variation and on ebay you can still find people trying to sell them for thousands of dollars
0: hmm. so wrapping up billy's career played for the Orioles until 1992 and that was his last full season although he played later with the indians in 95 and back to the Orioles in 1996
1: yeah he didn't really play another full season after 1992 a lot of seasons where he had 50 games or so. And he ended up retiring in 1998 with the Tigers. While Billy had a relatively inauspicious career, playing on the same team with his brother led to some historic moments, including Billy and Cal homering in the same inning. They did that twice, once in 1990 and once in 1996. This has happened six times in baseball history with some other brothers, including the Wayner brothers who played for the Pirates in the 1930s. Both of them are in the Hall of Fame. The Ripkins, Cal made the Hall, Billy did not. Yeah, Billy didn't. <laughs> his batting, as we've discussed, was not great throughout his career. His on-base plus slugging is the 47th worst among players with more than 3,000 career plate appearances. but. He had the 27th best all-time fielding percentage among Major League second basemen at 987. So I'm sure that he would be proud of that number, if maybe not proud of the OPS number. Mm. You know, he had some moments, but was mostly a fundamentals guy. And that shows in his, the next stage of his career, which was both being a Major League Baseball network analyst, as well as writing books and being involved in Ripken baseball, which Cal and Billy started up a pretty extensive baseball academy program, which includes camps, tournaments, training, their own little league system. They also own multiple minor league teams. Are there any Ripkins we've missed, right? So we've got, so Cal
0: Jr. we're going to talk about later. That wraps up Billy's career. Are there any other Ripkins that we want to talk about?
1: Man, in doing research for this, I found some interesting stories about Violet Ripkin. Vi Ripkin mm. married to Cal Sr., Billy and Cal Jr.'s mom, has had a couple of run-ins with criminals. In 2012, there's a very odd story about Vi Ripken getting kidnapped. Apparently at seven in the morning, she was in her garage and a man with a gun forced her into her own vehicle. He covered her eyes and tied her wrists together, and then he drove her car away. A couple saw a parked car and went to the driver who was outside the vehicle and asked what's going on. And he said, oh, that's my mother in the back seat. She has Alzheimer's. Then he hopped in the car and drove away. That couple called the police, and it turned out that the vehicle was Violet Ripkin's car. The police put out, you know, all points bulletin, the FBI gets involved. All of these cops get involved. The next morning, the car is found a couple blocks from her home and she was in it and there was no driver. With all of these cops around, somebody just drove the car back to her house and dropped it off and then ran away. What? She said that the kidnapper lit her cigarettes for her, gave her cigarettes and gave her food. And then, you know, made a couple stops, got gas, and just kind of drove around the region and then dropped her back off. And didn't seem to know that she was from a famous family, said that he wanted money, but didn't really demand anything. And then dropped her off relatively safely, but shaken. That was in 2012. Violet is still alive. She's in her 80s. And she also had a second incident in 2013 where somebody demanded her car in a parking lot, she set off the car alarm and went back in the bank, and the guy ended up arrested. So Vi seems pretty resilient, and I would expect nothing less from the mother of Cal Ripken Jr., baseball's Iron Man, that uh, she would be the Iron Mom. (laughs) So Matt, we have this less famous Billy Ripken card. Billy, best known for An ill-conceived joke and having a famous brother. (laughs) Suppose we should all be so lucky. Yep. Cal Sr., on the other hand, passed away in 1999 from lung cancer. So we talked about before he was a heavy smoker and would often sit in the back of the bus on trips so that he could smoke cigarettes and maybe get some alone time. Also best known for being the dad of Cal Ripken Jr. But... You know, something I find interesting about these cards is the way that they tie together eras, and Cal is a real throwback. A guy who spent 36 years with the Orioles franchise, he passed away at 63. 36 of his 63 years were spent working for the Orioles. That's pretty amazing. Cal and Billy started a foundation to honor their father after he passed away called the Cal Ripken Sr. Foundation, which works with at-risk youth. And they work in many areas of youth development, passing on their father's love of sports and fitness and baseball. I
0: think we've learned a lot about three Ripkins. We will cover the fourth Ripkin, Cal Jr., at a later date. But until then, thank you, David. And thank you to all of you at home for listening. If you have a favorite card, a favorite swear word, Uh, A favorite error that you would like us to talk about. You can reach us on Twitter. We're there at tops 1988 Or our email is 1988TopsPodcast at gmail.com. We will see you next week.